0: hey what's up sports fans thank you again for tuning in to the nerds who live podcast i'm your host nicholas and today we have a very special guest i want to welcome My coach, the one and only Mr. Scott Miller of Stronghouse Project and Strength and Mechanics Coaching. So you heard right. Scott is my coach. He's who I coach under. He does my programming. He watches my videos. He tells me how weak I'm being and how I need to fix my shit if I want to get stronger. Maybe not in those words. Maybe in a slightly less brash verbiage. But essentially, that is what I pay him for. And it's worth every goddamn cent. So I've been trying to get Mr. Scotty to come on to the show for a while now, but he's just been extremely busy. I know he's been to maybe like 20-something meets just this year with all of his other clients that he has. And he does a really good job of giving us all the time and attention we need when it comes to our meat preps. And even when we're not meat, but just You know, us working together on our day-to-day off-season. And I love working with Scott. He is an extremely smart person. He's always on his research. He's always trying to better himself. He's always a student himself. He's a stickler for technique. He has an eye for nuance. And uh, he's a very honest person when it comes to how you're doing, how you need to feel. You know, he listens and really is just, that's a mark of a great coach. So, it's been great, and I've really enjoyed it, and I've been wanting to get him on so we can talk about all the nerdy shit that we like to talk about as fitness nerds. So today, we're going to pick his brain on how he started, how his coaching really took off, and, you know, being able to work with really high-level athletes. That's definitely not a category that I fit under, uh, I fit under, he, uh, you know, I, I squeaked into the roster uh, really just by um, probably just sweet talking or he felt bad for me. Uh, either way, I'm happy that he did it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say no, but I definitely don't fall under the category of some of the other awesome athletes that he has uh, on his roster. So I have really appreciated working with him and I really appreciate him being able to take the time to come on here and I can't wait to talk about you know everything from programming his history what he has going on uh maybe just get his perspective on some things and I think it'll be great for y'all and I think y'all are going to really enjoy it and hopefully you learn something from the man because he is a professor and his professor you know scholar scholarly IQ is high so it should be a good one So, before we go any further, as always, I want to give a shout out to Viking Performance Chalk, the best stuff for lifting heavy shit, Mr. Calvert Illustrations, who made the logo, our YouTube cohorts, the Johnny Horror Show, and of course, RPEmo Apparel, rpemo.bigcartel.com. Got some awesome shirts for sale. I really like it if you guys go support them, just because they're homies. They just made some fun shit. And they want to share it with y'all. And if we were to take the time to support those who support us, if you saw the title of the last episode, I think people would be in a much better spot. So, you know, I love all the brands that support powerlifting and other fitness sports uh, as much as the next person, but those people don't know your name. They don't like your videos. They don't comment on your shit. They don't send you laughy, heart, kissy faces on your Insta stories. But you know what? When those people who do do that start a project, you should fucking support them. So, you know what? Let's just give a second to shout out people who, you know, who support each other and thank them. So, I'm gonna give a shout out to Two White Lights. You guys have an amazing show, it's much better than mine. So, people, you don't listen to them, please go listen to them. Honestly, you can listen to them as a priority over my show because they've been doing it longer. They have a great setup, a great batch of guests. And of course, you know, when you're done or you, you know, you have a break waiting for the next episode, then you can come back and listen to me. But definitely listen to them first. Uh, the Ritual Podcast Riley and Tim have a great fucking rapport. They talk about some really in depth shit. They really put their heart and their passion on the airwaves for you guys to learn. And it's fucking free. You know, like, you know, Tim owns Ritual Apparel, and Riley is an athlete and a coach herself. Like, their time is money. And when they make a podcast and they talk about really important shit that means a lot to them, that that's, shit is valuable. So, how about we start paying for shit that's actually valuable and has value to us directly other than stuff that, you know, if you didn't buy it, I mean, they, it affect their margins a little bit, but... They wouldn't really know, you know? So, Ritual Podcast, you guys are awesome. Uh, Beyond the Platform Podcast, you guys are awesome. Uh, what else? The Brocast, they're fun. You guys are awesome. Uh, shit. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Um, non fitness related. The Guncast, which is the uh, podcast between... Uh, the singers are one of my favorite bands, King810, and one of his bandmates, and they basically just go off on really just anything they want to talk about. But they're both extremely smart, and it's extremely insightful, and their perspective is a very different one than the masses. And honestly, it's uh, if you want to break from something that is normal or something that is so... Uh, sterilized or just kind of in the box, that's a really good place to start. They, they talk about a lot of interesting things, and their perspective is, is a refreshing one. It's very thought-provoking, and I really appreciate the type of thought-challenging uh, issues they bring up. So, there. They're awesome. Those are a couple podcasts that you should go support, uh, people you should support, because they deserve it. Um, also shout out some brands, again, RPEmo, go support them, the Notorious Lifts from our buddy Joe, they make the no drip slip, you know, slippers that you will see, I think you're, you know, starting to come up, Joe's brand is really starting to be on the come up, the Notorious Lifts, deadlift slippers are awesome, and he's made a great product, people love it, as you can see, and he's expanding on top of that, uh, kind of fit, kind of fat, they're awesome, so go support them. Uh, who else? Ritual, of course. Ritual folk. We love you. Stronghouse Project. Again, one of the companies owned by our upcoming guests, Mr. Scott. Those guys have been behind me from day one whenever I've needed something. They've always obliged. They've always been helpful. They've always been kind when I've gone there. They're truly just good fucking people and present quality shit for you So that you can afford it. And even if it doesn't make them a bunch of money, they do it that way because they care more about that and growing the sport and the culture and for the people. So that's really cool. Anyway, 8 minutes and 30 seconds in, we still haven't even got to the guest. So if you made it this far, thank you. And enough of my stammering. Let's get Scotty on the line. Hey, what's up, Scotty? How's it going, man? Doing good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Good. Are you home and settled? Yes. Nice. Just got home. How's Debo? Uh,
1: just fucking hyper as usual.
0: Yeah, it sounds about right for him.
1: Yeah, ready to fucking destroy anything he can
0: get his hands on. Yeah, sounds about right. Did he survive his scorpion encounter? Obviously, he did. But yeah. He was fine the next day, All just, right. a nice little scare. Ah, just, just a nice little scare. Just a nice little scare. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I'm glad that we finally were able to make it happen.
1: I gave yeah, you Thanks for having me, sorry it took so long to get this scheduled.
0: Oh, it's okay, you're a busy man. I, I, I already kind of gave you a nice little intro. It's about eight minutes long, by the way. I mean, I probably, oh, wow. yeah, well, I mean, probably five minutes of it about you, and then I, I did go off on a tangent about good people, but for the most part, it's about you, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, was eight minutes late, right? <laughs> <laughs> filling the time, just like, at some point, he'll call, so until then, <laughs> let's see how long it takes to go from he's awesome to an asshole. No, <laughs> well, not at all, but I do appreciate it, and, uh, but, again, I, so I did get the intro, but For those who don't know you, the very few people, um, introduce yourself and how you got started in this wonderful world of lifting shit.
1: All right. So my name is Scott Miller. I am one of three owners of Stronghouse Project. I also own Strength and Mechanics, which is my coaching company. Um, I started lifting... shitty point in my life I was like 140 pounds getting blackout drunk like five or six days a week and then like I finally had enough and I was like all right I'm gonna lift instead but I'm lazy so I always said that like I'm gonna research as much as possible so I'm not killing myself for no reason in the gym so like that's where it started as far as like learning understanding what to do, what not to do, and then (laughs) I would say about four years later is when I started lifting with Tanner, and then he started Stronghouse Project, and then I bought in about six to eight months later or something like that, maybe a year, and then that kind of just took off from there.
0: And then here we are today, you guys yeah. have you have you have all the gear, you have the gym, and now obviously strength and mechanics. Um, yeah,
1: so we yeah. actually opened the gym separately um, before I had bought into Stronghouse, I forgot to mention that part.
0: Oh yeah, that's and right, it was.
2: We decided to merge the two, and then me and
1: Eric bought into Stronghouse Project, because at the time Tanner owned that by himself.
0: That's right. And then for those who don't know, Tanner obviously started, he's one of the owners and started it. And then Eric Ayala, who is an amazing tattoo artist and is also co owner of Stronghouse, and usually does all the awesome ink that you see anyone in Vegas get. So he's awesome. Um, Yeah. uh, I want to get under his gun soon at some point. I
1: mean, my entire arm and basically every tattoo I have is by Eric.
0: Yep. And they all all look.
1: I trust anyone else.
0: Yeah, no, they all look great. It's true, and then you know you always you just supply him some beer and he's good to go, and obviously pay for the ink, <laughs> pay for your tattoo, but also give him beer because he'll get a better tattoo out of it.
2: <laughs>
0: always bring beer. Always bring beer. Um, and so you know, once when did you start really find yourself being kind of? I know, I know, you say you never really thought of we talked before about really coaching. When did you kind of find yourself being a coach? And then um, you also had have mentioned to me before in the past that, you know, being a part of Stronghouse kind of put you in the position to obviously meet lifters. So when did, when did that, how did that happen?
1: Well, my journey never really started with powerlifting until four years into it. So like, I had a personal training cert. I was doing general fitness training on the side. So, like, coaching and helping others was always something I was kind of interested in. Um, Obviously, I didn't know much about powerlifting at first, so I didn't really feel comfortable doing it. So then when I did start coaching powerlifting, it was more free or, like, $20 for, like, a 16, 18, 20-week prep. Just because I wanted to learn. And I always told them up front, like, hey... I think I can help you. I'm just starting now. You know, you just have to be honest with them up front. Don't be a I can Promise them all this shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, people appreciate that. And then, you know, I think uh, I've heard people say that, like, if you're going to be a new coach, that's fine. That's how you learn. But you just, you know, just be upfront about it. Yeah. Um, don't give everyone the same program,
1: obviously. Don't steal programs from other people to give out. You
0: know, just basics. Just don't be a shitty human. Just don't be a shitty human <laughs> to other humans. You shouldn't even have to mention. But you shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't. But here we are, and we're gonna yeah. mention it. Like, don't be a shitty human, please. Um, be ni- be nice to people, and it's that simple. Well, what, what when? Who were some of like the first, um, I guess, athletes you started working with? That that kind of perhaps did very well, and you're like, okay, that worked. Um,
1: I would say the first one that really like kind of springboarded me, because like I always had like five to like eight clients, but I didn't really get popular until probably Nicole's national performance. Um, last year, going nine ninety seven at one thirty two on nine for nine day, but yeah. like it was like a hundred and thirty six pound total PR or something like that, yeah.
0: something crazy. I remember watching that. She did. I remember watching that day. Uh, yeah. She was, like wa- like following your stories as as she went on for her attempts. That was it was yeah. pretty fun.
1: That whole weekend too, because then Christian Williams followed that one up with. A 1,600 total day at 198, I believe, in sleeves. And that was a huge PR for him. Um, And then I just got lucky, and I was able to convince
0: really strong people that I can help them. (laughs) Help them get stronger. Yeah.
1: And now I coach people like Dom, Squatting 905. Sir Lewis is going to compete in two weeks. That'll be fun.
0: Oh yeah, I'm excited to see her too. She, I bet that's gonna be fun with you too. I have uh, Patrick too in two weeks, so I'll be in Lexington for that RPS Iron Mafia meet. Oh, that'll, so that'll be, fun. be good. How do you go two K? Uh, that would be awesome. And then I know we have Mister Trotter, who's oh, I'll uh, see. He's he's not gonna compete for a while, but I know he's getting ready.
1: uh he's doing the North American Championship in November.
0: Okay, so yeah, so he's um, he's only a few months out.
1: Yeah, we're looking to break two K with him
0: too. Yes, he's. I know he's excited about that. and I'm looking uh, forward to see see him do that. When infamous number infamous number the two K and and see what's Trot- what is Trotter weighing in at for that one like two forty two two forty 240 something?
1: No, so he's a bigger guy. Um, he normally he's competed at two seventy five the last meet. Okay. He's he's walking around 285 right now, so we might just have him go 308. There's no real point to like cut, right? So if that's he gets right. Gets down like without like changing diet, just working a little harder or something, you know. Then we might go 275, but we'll probably stay 308.
2: Okay,
0: I see. Yeah, that'll just be good. Going light. Yeah, why not? <laughs> going out a light 275. Whatever. Um. When it comes to programming and I know that was one of the main things that I wanted to you know have you on about was the types of programming uh, you know obviously you know with periodization there's DUP and obviously linear progression and on conjugate but I kind of wanted to have you kind of nerd out on what are the different types of programming that somebody can look at and you know pros and cons and you know, um, you know, just kind of maybe even your favorites, but that was one of the things I wanted to touch on. So uh, yeah, what what what, you know, give us the the
1: nerd down. Um, I mean that really depends. So like, if you have a busy schedule and your gym time is limited, I would probably stay away from um, DUP, especially if it's going to be like a high frequency, which most of them are you're just not going to have time even if the workouts are shorter if you only have four days in the gym a week like you can't do a dup style program usually
0: yeah well, what 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 is dup for someone who doesn't know the word what is, what is dup and some of its characteristics
1: so it's daily undulated periodization which means um every workout is essentially going to be different from the last like main lift so like if you're a bench workout i say it's 70% for sixes. The next workout is probably going to be like, or it could be anything, but it'll be like a variation or a different intensity, different rep scheme. So basically your body never knows what's coming next.
0: And how does that differ from say conjugate where you have max effort, dynamic effort, but then those, you know, those alternate with variation.
1: Well, conjugate, you're going to do max effort, speed work, um, They're normally sticking with a variation for three or four weeks at a time. Um, If I were to ever write a conjugate program, I would probably do like a max effort triple, double, single, deload um, for weeks one through four, and then uh, cycle out the variation from there.
0: And then, so those are, I think, and the reason I brought those two up was because I think those two are some of the most, like, un like misunderstood styles of programming. Like no one really understands like what makes them DUP or what makes it a conjugate. Um, what's, and then what would be like the most common that you would see?
1: Well, linear period duration is definitely common. I would say, at least on the West coast, um, I know the Midwest and the East coast, especially where gear is still like heavily popular. You're going to have a lot of conjugate, um, but submax is kind of taking over, at least from what I can see on the West Coast. Sub max linear periodization.
0: Yeah, and what what would you consider like like let's say like Boris Shako style? Is he would he be considered more linear periodization, or what, what? Where do you think like that those Russians kind of fall under? I mean, that's kind of. Yeah. I know, I know it's a broad it's kind of a broad thing, but I guess I'm I'm more just trying to like break down like the most commonly I think you know asked questions for like programming and then it's usually at some point compared to compared to like
1: Shaco or whatnot. I haven't even seen a Shaco program in probably two or three years. Hold on one second.
0: (laughs) Just Google that real quick.
1: We can come back to that. Ask me another question on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. So what in what is currently a, some of your favorite programming styles that you're currently using? Um, and obviously, you probably don't use the same for all of your clients. But I guess maybe their top two or three, you know, programming uh, tactics. Tactics, yeah, that would say tactics. Um, right now, if they have the time,
1: I'm big on five day splits. Um. And two of those days at least are going to be two main lifts, especially if they can handle it. And then the other three days will just be a single lift day. So they can at least have like a squat bench and a deadlift day. But then the two other days will be a combination of either say like a squat and a deadlift, a bench and a deadlift, a squat and a bench, squat and a deadlift. It really depends where their weakness is, what I'm trying to accomplish. Um. And then even from there, I would say I do a lot of undulating lately with my bigger guys. Um, Patrick only went heavy every other week, and it wasn't even really heavy. It was more so we just took a step back and did some volume, like a 5x4, and then did like a heavy triple with like 4x4 four four on his up weeks, things like that. Um, outside of that, I don't really do too much dupe. I have like maybe four of my forty clients running dup right now. Um, I actually just finished Vince's for Drug Tested Worlds
0: in Ireland, so that'll be a fun prep for him. Oh man, I'm i no, I I think he'll I think he'll probably be a monster out of that because he he killed his last one so.
1: Yeah, he's young, um, so he should be able to handle the frequency. Oh yeah,
0: he'll bounce back, no problem. And he, he's thick, like he. I think he. He probably looks like he. He knows how to stay on top of his eating and, you know, recover well. So, at least by the way he moves. Yeah, so that'll be fun. And what about for the females? What What do you? What carrot like tactic do you find? Uh, or maybe two Uh, couple tactics you find really, really helps, you know, the the females get, start clicking.
1: I usually, if they can handle it, I try to make them bench three times a week just because I feel like at the elite level, bench is what's going to set a female apart. Most are squatting, deadlifting over 400, um, if you have that bench that's two fifty and above, that's like really gonna put you at an advantage. Most girls are opening up sub two hundred. So bench is what's really gonna put you ahead of everybody else at that level.
0: Yeah, I that's that that was the determining factor. I know not the the USAPL worlds that was in Switzerland, but the one the big meet before that when Daniel, when Daniela, Mello, and Amanda went head to head, it really was kind of the bench that separated them. Uh, you know, because they were pretty equal squat and deadlift, and that was the one thing that, like, tipped it off. Yeah, so it's kind of just like the ace in the hole. So
1: if you've got a big bench, you're going to take it in, like, a, usually a big lead into deadlift. And then all you do is just play the board, call exactly what you need to win, don't get greedy
0: go from there and go from there and that actually is a perfect segue to the next thing that i i wanted you to talk about and uh when you ran uh jordan at the Nats, and you did a really good job of playing the board and were able to really kind of push you know have people kind of push them to miss or or push to go a little heavier and gas them out which opened up uh jordan to make the right call for him to get it secure his second when it was like a four-way tie um it was five 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 way tie so thank you so even more so so in terms of like playing the board what what thought process goes into something like that like when you're um you know or even you can use that day as an example or just overall but i thought it. i really i don't think many people play that strategy that way anymore
1: well that day in particular um i knew jordan was a really light one 73 or 174 I think so I knew no one in his weight class was really going to be lighter than him and if they were it wasn't by too much obviously you have the projected Wilks and everything on the screen um from there the only thing you have to worry about is they're not going to lower the weight on the bar so when you call that third attempt heavy because you can change your third attempt lower um You have to watch. So when I put in Jordan's lowered attempt and I changed it, he actually went from five out to up. So if I was any later, it actually, we would have had to go heavier than we wanted to go for the win. Um, So it's all about timing. You just have to be ready. You have to tell the table at the exact right moment. Um, And I knew that we didn't even need to do two and a half more kilos. We just went for the tie, tied everybody you weigh lighter, we win the day.
0: Yeah, and be able to use yeah use the Wilkes to secure the tie, and you know and get that. But it, it really is. I think people forget that that is part of the sport. Like it, that, there is strategy involved. Um, and and of course you know having a bigger total is you know is part of powerlifting. But when you're in a really high or really close dogfight, you know the strategy is part of it. Yeah, and especially if the lifter has goals. So
1: he told me that he just wanted a podium at nationals. Um, if he wanted a certain deadlift number, or if he wanted a PR total, it really depends what we're chasing that day. So like, the board might not have even been a concern of mine.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If he said like, I really wanted just a big like total PR and deadlift PR. I don't care about my placing. I just want to do my personal best. And yeah, that all would that all would change. That'd be a huge. Yeah different in mindset and just, you know, how the approach was. So, um, what do you think maybe some people when they go to compete, probably aren't clear with themselves, like really what they want. Like, do, like you said, like, what do you want? Um, you know, do they want PR total? Do they want a podium? Are they trying to win? Or are they just trying to, you know, just better, you know, themselves?
1: Um, I think it depends. I think as long as they have a coach, They're normally just going to go, as long as the coach is good, they're just going to try and PR each lift, get a PR total, um, and try to accomplish the lifter's goals. But when they don't have a coach, it seems like lifters really aren't honest with themselves. They think the peak is going to provide this huge lifetime PR. I don't know how many weights I see get called, and people never even leave the bottom of a squat.
0: Or. You know what I mean? Just stapled to their chest on bench. They have no business calling that number, but they do. They do. Yeah, they do. I mean...
1: It's really just about being honest with yourself.
0: Yeah. How much... I mean, and let's say... Because I think the idea of a proper peak, and maybe we can even go make this the next subject, like, what what do you find the idea of a proper... What is the most misunderstood thing about a peak? What is maybe a... um, A... A, um, I guess a variable or a characteristic of a good peak and how much can you realistically actually get out of a, a peak? And let's see if it's the best peak of your life. Like what are you actually, what projected percentage are you looking to get probably?
1: Um. Well, that depends on factors. So if you're cutting weight, me personally, I'm not looking to do anything more than you did in the gym. I'm probably going to try and match your best single from the peak. Um, just because that was under less than ideal circumstances because the peak is getting you ready. Um, the way I program, you're normally beat to shit at that point. You haven't had your taper yet. So I'm basically just counting on the taper to make up for the weight cut. I don't expect it to give me any more than that. Um, if they're not cutting weight anywhere from like 5 to 8%, usually um and like i do hit lifetime prs when they cut weight it's not unheard of
0: but i don't really plan on it i just play the speed on the bar that day right and I, and i know and i you know that's kind of an eye thing i think a lot of good coaches you develop that over going through meets and seeing people but you know what what are that, that go
1: brings ahead. It back to
0: another thing mm. um
1: coaches have to be honest with themselves too yeah that's I true know, Garrett called me out on this before. He said that I go chasing numbers with my bigger clients, and he was right. Um, I, I counted it down. I started being honest with myself because I would have nine for nine days with everybody else, but then I would let people like Garrett talk me into numbers that I normally wouldn't call for anybody else. So
0: that makes sense. I mean, I mean, yeah, but also, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see trust it. The
1: um, yeah. You Also have to trust yourself too, and trust what you saw.
0: Yeah. So, lot oh, goes into that? A lot, yeah, a lot does, and that you know, like you said, I think that day, that comes from experience. Like you obviously have to go through that, and then either be called out or realize it, and be like, okay, I do that, and and learn yeah. from it. And uh, that is one of the things that I said like when I introduced you. Is I, is I one of the things I like most about you um, that I see. As a, as a quality for great coaches is you're always learning. You're always a student. Um, I mean, even when you came here, when you you know with your family and we trained together, and you had Mark come up and work with you, you're like you're like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my my ass whooped too tonight. And and that was and it's cool to see you are you're always a student. You're always learning. You're always reading, and you're honest with yourself.
1: I mean saying if you're the smartest in the room you need
0: to find a new room yeah find a new goddamn room exactly
1: (laughs) so um i mean i'm not the best coach by far so there's still work to be done in my eyes
0: yeah and there always is and i think and i've heard it before that people people do want to work with you know with the best in a lot of ways but a lot of that can be novel. I think eventually people want to work with those who bring out the best in them and also who are also trying to bring out the best in themselves also. And because, you know, you, you relate to that. Um, I know that's, I mean, that's why I like working with you. When I want to work with you. It's like, you're, you are smart. You are constantly a student. You know, also I could, I feel, you know, relate to you because you were as skinny as I was. Um, and and you're a you know and you're a glutton for technique and nuance. Well, I think a lot of people will almost get tired of it. Like I've had people say to me, like you know, powerlifting is not hard. You just use your squat and you bench and your deadlift. It's not weightlifting. And I was like, and like that's true. But at the same time, like uh, like there's an old saying in boxing that boxing is you only you can only use your hands. It's not MMA. But because of that, because you have a limited you know, resource of a, of a tool, the depth and the nuance of that tool has to grow because you don't have a, a variety. So therefore you need to make up for it in depth. And I do think that that's kind of the same for like a squat and bench and deadlift. Like, yeah, it's not, you know, a tri-planal, you know, tri-vector movement like a snatch, but, you know, it is, there are lots of nuances and leverages to it.
1: like to expand on that a little more you'll hear it all the time people be like well i have really big quads so i'm gonna squat narrow and really get the most out of it and in my eyes i'm like well why don't you develop your hamstrings and optimize muscle engagement and see what your body can do if you use it properly um things like that
0: Whoa, whoa! Yeah, you, you, you saw you talking about being holistic. You know, you mean don't just lean into what you're good at, but actually work at what you're bad at. Wow! Care- <laughs> careful, Scott. <laughs> There's—I'm pretty sure the powerlifting police will come and get you for that.
1: Yeah.
0: How dare well, you! <laughs> that's the
1: biggest thing I see with conjugate is that people aren't actually picking max efforts that are targeting their weaknesses, they're just double downing. On strengths or things that they enjoy doing. Um, that's one of those programs where, like, you really have to ask yourself, "Why am I doing this?" And I don't think enough listeners do.
0: Yeah, and I think there is, like, you know, uh, and I think it is being fixed. Like, I do, I do think it's it is starting to change. But I think, and, and because of, you know, in this sport, that people take it a little bit too simply like they don't perhaps you know they don't you know if you maybe treated it like weightlifters treat weightlifting you know um, you know you might like you said you might get it more if you look at more of what you're bad at and and find out why you do things like why do you do these accessories uh, why do you do this variation why do you not do a certain variation for you that you would probably be better off
1: yeah Exactly. Um, I mean, there's just so many things. I do feel like lifters are learning more. A lot of coaches are preaching, um, ask questions, ask why. Um, I feel like we're weeding out the bad coaches for the most part.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think they last. And I also see, you know, one thing that we've talked about before is that um, better, mo- like, actual true mobility, like, actually, like, loaded mobility... Um, is finally people start seeing the value because the more mobile you can load, you know, load a range or load a joint, will translate to your weaknesses and into your bigger lifts as opposed to, you know, just not doing any of that. Yeah. um, I feel like when powerlifting blew up, um, a lot of people didn't have enough knowledge and they weren't really following the right people or weren't reading the right things or they weren't reading at all well, yeah, um, probably at all and i think a lot of them got hurt i know i was one of them it took me a long time and i was somebody that was
1: reading a lot yeah but i was still doing it wrong it was more posture related and more like life movements causing my sciatic pain but it was because i was under load incorrectly eventually caused it to flare up so i think a lot of people got hurt and now the mobility is kind of taking over i know si issues are basically crippling the powerlifting community i know i've fixed probably 20 or 30 people in the last three or four months so
0: yep i'm i'm, I'm one I'm definitely one of those. So it's it's been a huge help. And and that's even coming from me. Like I come from technically, a and I don't like the term, but it's true, like a functional fitness background. Like what I, you know, the stuff I, when I trained people, like when I did um, kettlebell sport or hardstyle kettlebell or um, any of those, those things, those are very mobility intensive You know, there um, even the yoga certification I got, which was like a more of a dynamic style of yoga. Like I did all that, and so in terms of mobility and stuff, I had that, but I didn't, I couldn't translate that into the strength training. And so it's nice to see. I started to see parallels. Like when you help me and you fix me, like those things they do click because I'm like, okay, I've seen that before, but now I'm seeing it be translated to, you know, to the heavier lifts um, and, you know, into this sport. And I do think that there's a lot to be learned. Like I'm part of my beef with a lot of that functional fitness crowd is that they do a lot of weird shit, but they don't know how to quantify it or actually like make it stronger. Like, you know, they could benefit with doing some actual solid lift two two dimensional heavy load lifting. And then in the inverse, like power lifters can do well learning more mobility. So, yeah.
1: Um, Like, elbow pain. That's something that is everywhere too. And that's just really internal shoulder rotation for the most part. Yeah. Um, like, it's all the same. It's all posture related. Upper path, lower path, cross syndrome. Everybody has it. It just hasn't affected people yet. Um, or maybe, I would say, 10% of people actually take care of their posture but for the most part that's what's causing issues so it's all about posture and mobility and um it's nice to actually see people working on it though i know a lot of my clients are doing their corrective work every day um moving better so it's nice to see
0: yeah moving moving better is like if you move better you you will perform better and i and i agree it is nice to see um, and that even echoes back to what you said of people. If you just play into what you're strong at, eventually that won't save you. You need to look at what you're bad at. You know what you need to correct. What are the postural deficiencies? You know, you know compensations you have um, in order to fix that. Yeah. Um, I' mostly you know we you can like segment or segue into the next you know kind of question that I want to ask so I always ask people what are like a kind of a tip that helped them for the major lifts but I actually want to ask you kind of the, a flipped version of that what are the what are probably the biggest or, or two biggest mistakes common mistakes that you see people make in the squat in the bench and in the deadlift um
1: Well, I would say for the squat and the deadlift, bracing is the number one thing. Um, I think too many people focus on the inhale instead of the exhale, and they don't actually have intra-abdominal pressure. Um, They're just kind of bloating. That and they're breathing into their chest they're not even breathing into their diaphragm
0: okay um, and then could you could you sub kind of a sub point that into what do you mean by they don't focus as much on the exhale
1: so the exhale um is gonna well if you exhale forcefully you can pull your ribs down you don't want your ribs flared uh kabuki does a lot of stuff on open scissor and i know joe sullivan talks about it a lot um, it's just you got to pull every, pull the ribs down, hold them there, actually engage your abs, um, and tuck the pelvis. Actually neutralize it. So many people are lifting in an anterior tilt, um, and then wonder why they have really tight rec fems or their SI is flaring. And then um, for bench... I would say probably lack of upper back engagement or tightness and um, stacking. I see a lot of elbows in front of the bar, elbows back because they don't lack the because they lack the shoulder mobility. So their scalps basically wing in order for them to touch their chest.
0: Yeah, that was in front. That's definitely my problem. I'm one of those. I think it's getting better, though. A little bit. Yes. We're working on it. Yeah. It will. It definitely will. I mean, it is coming together. I think it is. It's slowly. The, the bolts are tightening. Yes. Slowly by, little by little. By little. Um, and so, uh, and then just to kind of reframe when. Because uh, you've explained it to me, but I want to make sure someone listens to it. When you're talking about the exhaling and pressing the ribs down, you're talking about doing that before before you, you take the lift. So to, yes. to when you uh, actually commence your brace, you forcefully exhale to bring the ribs down, neutralize the pelvis, engage, and then breathe into that. Yeah. Um, so... I've actually just
1: started breathing in through my nose. I don't even breathe in through my mouth when I brace anymore. Um, So after the exhale, I do that because it's easier for me to actually feel my diaphragm and hold my ribs down without me fucking up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So once you exhale forcefully, pull it all down. Um, It's important to remember to tighten up. So pretend you're going to get punched. You kind of want to crunch and then you need to expand on the inhale while holding it all down. So you, I always say, like, uh, pretend you're like an inner tube. You need to expand all the way around, not just your stomach, not just your obliques. You need to do the lower back. You need to do everything.
0: Yeah. And I think um, just to add on top of that, um, when we were working all together with Mark, he, he made – to you and I, he said, you know, stayed long. And I, so I think a lot of people, when they're, they're thinking about inflating and pulling the ribs down, like you said, they end up crunching. And I, and I was the culprit of it. And then I, I'm almost, you know, you kind of, you, uh, you either are too tucked and you're too rounded or, you know, or perhaps they're not, you know, they have that, uh, they're in too much of an extension as opposed to trying to be long and neutral and stacked.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about powerlifting. It's so many fine lines. Um, yeah. Too much one way, you start turning off muscles, you get out of position. Too much the other way, the same shit happens. So just about finding the balance, um, staying tall is definitely something that I need to work on, especially after I engage my core. Um, yeah. But we all have shit to work on. We all have ways to get better.
0: So, yeah, like you said, you're, you know, you're always a student, then you're always going to get better. You always have something to work on. What are, what are, or what are, I can't speak. What is something, um, I mean, you just mentioned something you're working on, but what is something right now that, or are you even two things that you're working on for yourself that you're really kind of excited about, like is like helping and you're seeing an improvement?
1: It's funny you should say that. I've actually been working on my feet non stop. So, um, my heat were my feet foot massage that I got on Amazon for
0: like seventy five bucks. Oh yeah, man. You you put that on your Insta stories quite often. We we're yeah. seeing it. That yeah, thing is my baby. Um and then the rest of our call, after
1: that fifteen minutes, I actually had my yoga toes and ripping apart my toes, working on my toe spread. Nice which was Not pleasant at all. So, um, I've torn a tendon in each one of my ankles. And that was in my meathead days where I wasn't going to take a day off. So, I basically squatted through one torn tendon in my ankle.
0: Ooh. Uh, Talk about loading some dysfunction.
1: Yeah. So, I've been compensating for a while. um, Covered it up with squat shoes for a long time. But... Stop being honest with yourself. It all comes back to the same shit. So, yeah, uh, I've been working a lot with my feet, trying to fix my ankles. And um, the other thing is my deadlift. I'm finally pulling pain-free consistently. Um, my technique has finally come together after working with Mark that day.
0: Um, yeah, that was great now, to see. That was cool.
1: Yeah. It was just, I've never moved anything like that effortlessly. So um, now that we've optimized my leverages, everything's clicking. It's just about replicating it every time. Um, That's something that's going to be a little difficult. I'm still inconsistent with all my cues, it's not muscle memory yet. So, but. It's always a step forward, too.
0: So. It is. It will be. And that was really cool. Like, just, you know, for me, like, as your friend and as someone, obviously, who works with you, um, you know, watching, I mean, I, I, like, at the time, you were worried about your dog who got stung by a scorpion. So, you were a little bit, like, I know you were a little bit, like, you know, had that on your mind. But you were very, you were really elated when you, when that started moving and you had those rep those couple reps where it, like, hit and it clicked and you were like, ah oh, finally. Fuck. Yeah. Um, cause there's only so much that you can do via text
1: message. Mark's the great coach. Um, he basically did a lot without seeing me in person, but that one visit that we met for in person was probably more than I could have asked for as far as him actually getting me to understand things and putting me in the position that I needed to be
0: in. Oh yeah. I, I, I dude, I've said it. Um, throughout in the past like four or five years of me being like working in fitness, working in gyms, you know, trying to take my own seriously. Um, I think in person at work, like going to workshops, going to a seminar, going to work with someone in person hands on is like um is like the uh, the uh, time stop chamber in Dragon Ball Z. Like they go in for a day and they come out like a and it's like a year's worth of training because it slows down time. Uh, I feel like that's what it's like when you are with someone who's really good and you get to go and really work with them. You can get like three months worth of work done in fucking, you know, that one in-person time. And uh, that's really invaluable.
1: Yeah. Um, even like you can see stuff in videos, but you can't get that full 360 degree view. Whereas like you can walk around during a set of five. And really see what's going on. I mean, I can ask for a different angle on every set, but that doesn't mean every set's going to be identical. So
0: yeah, and there's always there's going to be some. I think there's just some like depth perception that video really doesn't capture. Like I think yeah. that there is there just there is something like you said that just in person, you know, you can just you just can see you just see more and you just can't see more. Now that you're there, I think there's almost like, like you said, when you're at a meet and you can see like the suite of a bar and you can gauge from there. Like what a coach sees in person the meet is much different than the video recap that you, you know, that you'll look at later. So, yeah, and then
1: there's the communication issues too.
2: Yeah. So I like to joke around about it all the time.
1: Um, my clients just say, okay, a lot of the time just to get me to shut up via text message. Um, I, I in person, I, I can tell that they don't understand what I'm saying and I'll just keep hounding them with cues until they finally understand me. So
0: <laughs> I, I feel that way about you sometimes with me. I feel sometimes <laughs> you're like, okay because I, <laughs> I'm asking too much and you're like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's fine. The
1: other way. The other way, um, I feel like my clients will just tell me okay. Even though they don't understand.
0: No, no, I know. I agree with you. I'm just saying, in my own case, I feel like I'm the opposite problem. <laughs> You're, oh, where you, yeah. where you yeah, tell opposite. me, okay, to shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: that's more so because I just need to think about how to re-explain it to you because I'm out of, out of information.
0: I yeah, gotta reword it. Yeah, that's true. Because I am. For those who don't know, I am. I am yeah. learning. And I'm. I'm special. I'm a special learner. That's good. I, but I know I'm, I know I'm a, I'm a handful.
1: You just <laughs> overthink. You get in your own head. Yeah. You just need to think a little less.
0: Yeah, I, I am working on that. That is something I'm working yes. on, which is just thinking less and just doing the thing. You so.
2: overcomplicate
0: it. I do. I do. It's that is is a lifelong problem. It's infected everything <laughs> from relationships to work to lifting. You name it, I've overcomplicated it. Working on it. <laughs> so uh it's a gift and a curse. Yes. So I mean, you know.
1: I'm probably right in there
0: too. So Yeah, it is. Like the gift of that is like, you know, being a little ADHD and you overcomplicate things because, you know, you don't either you care about something or you don't take it for granted or you you know you you want to be better at it, but it's it's like you said of you know back in the day when you would never take a day off. It's like that. It's so like you you learn when to simplify or you know when to you know, take a step back. So yeah, and that's hard. It's, def- it's definitely hard, but I'm I've learned it. And I'm continuing to learn it, and you know, and then whenever I see people make the same mistakes, I'm like, hey, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> take a day off you'll be okay
2: yeah just, uh, just relax just yeah just At relax the the world.
0: yeah it, it'll happen but it's but you know what and uh even with that day with mark like i i saw that with you and mark telling you that like oh it'll be fine it's gonna come together but you're sitting there sweating doing dead bugs like i fucking hate this <laughs> yeah
1: um <laughs> i don't think i've ever sweat like that in a, a warm-up or mobility so that was um, exciting
2: yeah oh yeah
0: yeah that, it was it was, <laughs> was,
1: it
0: was yeah uh, I, I know it was it was fun for me and Trotter like Trotter was there and we enjoyed it we're like oh Scott's working hard with us this is cool yeah this is cool <laughs> and then fucking Mark he's just there being Mr. Jolly just like walking around in his sandals like hey guys <laughs> you, you, you're looking good make sure to spread <laughs> spread those cheeks <laughs> I just fucking like a brown brown Santa Claus of lifting. <laughs> That's what he is. I hope. I really hope he listens this far to hear that. I'll tell him um, that. Okay, uh, move, But going on, I wanted to ask you, um, what are some of the things you really are happy with in terms of um, the sport? And maybe even just like, you know, maybe even just fitness in general that you you like, that you like seeing. Um, and then maybe the stuff that you do, you do not like seeing. There's some stuff that really just grinds your gears. Um, and I know you're so petty, I so there's like lots seeing, of things that grind your gears. I like seeing how many um, local powerlifting gyms are popping up. Not necessarily in Vegas, but because <laughs> that's with competition. All my tra- yeah. With all my
1: traveling, um, that I've been doing all these meets, I've really gotten to see like how close these like powerlifting communities are or like how deep these gyms will go. Um, even just this meet at, uh, Phoenix Europa yesterday, I had one client, many, um, how to be strong powerhouse in Tucson. Um, I think it's like a two-hour, three-hour drive or something like that. But they had uh, eight or nine people there, um, and he was the only one thing. So things like that, it's really cool to see. I love to see how many people are putting out good free content, just trying to help. Um,
0: you mean like your free? You mean like your free programs that people are pring with?
1: Oh yeah, my my <laughs> free program.
0: Your free uh, free templates.
1: Uh, I, I still haven't wrote the dupe one yet. I was actually in the process of that. To be honest, if you didn't text me, I would have forgot about uh, this podcast. See, I was uh, I, so. I I I
0: I, kn- I knew that, which is why I did it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not just going to call him. I'm going to text him to remind him. <laughs> and and I did and I did it. Yeah, I reminded you yesterday. I reminded you this morning, and then I reminded you beforehand. <laughs> Which is, again, I would need that. That's why I do it. That's uh, what I would need too. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then, as far as what I hate in the sport,
1: um, two things I would say. The first thing is I hate seeing so many people with potential worried about the wrong things or quitting altogether I know it's a hobby and I know there's no money in it but it sucks to see how many people I can put time and energy into that just will completely stop lifting Um, or worry about other things instead Um, They think coaching or programming isn't important Uh, or the second thing would probably be uh the trends i don't like all the trends um things get popular fast and people don't necessarily have a reason um for instance like a variation or a workout like when hatfields popped off for a while there everyone was maxing out hatfields no real purpose just trendy
0: yeah yeah i think that Uh, that that happens a lot you'll see a lot of like um or people will like products or, or people will hashtag like like you said that like, like a trendy variation and then it's yeah. um like I remember I mean to be fair um kayler did like he did kind of challenge people to try it and so therefore a lot of people tried it but he did a it was like a deficit a banded deficit like deadlift on a stiff bar and then like and, and he did challenge people to try because it, it was really hard but for a good, like, couple weeks, like, that was, like, the popular thing to, to, you know, to, to do for a bit. I don't know yeah. if you saw that, but I remember that. I remember seeing that for a couple weeks that that was a, you know, that was, you know, people were trying, were doing that because he, he had brought it up that it was really hard.
1: Yeah. And I mean, sure, if it's your off season or whatever, or like, he, someone posts a challenge for, like, a free gift card or a free shirt, you know, uh, Lifting is supposed to be fun, so you should do things like that. Yeah. But I'll see people add it into an entire block or two of a meat thing just because so and so used a power bar and pulled 800, so I should do it too. Or, you know what I mean?
0: Trends like that. Yeah, which is not good. And I will, I will disclaimer for Kayler. He did in his thing. I remember he did watching the challenge. He did say, if you're a meat prep, don't do this. This is for. He actually said that. He's like, it's something fun to do if you are fucking around. So yeah. he he had the and foresight I mean, to to like clarify that.
1: And I know that my programming is boring. It's submax linear periodization for the most part. But you, as one of my clients, know that I also tell you to have fun some days because I know how boring it can be. Um. So off season is what it is, but me prep—it's not about being boring.
0: Well, well, I uh, I I will say this because and and I've ran now probably five months worth of 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 it now, maybe going on six. So half
1: six summer like
0: Yeah, about six. So that's that's half a year, you know, at this point, six months. Um, I'm never bored, to be honest. Uh, I could see how some people, if you're used to lots of constant variation, could maybe see that. But just just for me personally, like, um, I don't get bored. And maybe it's because I really, I like going into the workout and succeeding. And I know just the way that you set it up. Like I know that even on like the heaviest days, like you put it in there, I I can I can hit it. Um, it doesn't mean it won't be tough. It doesn't mean I won't have you know that you know I don't need to like focus and do my part on it. But I like I I feel like it stacks. Like it like I can I see the progression. Like I can not even just look at the program and be like, okay, I see how this is building. So I know that every set and every rep. The back downs all that like i like that it adds up to success and i will take that over novel anytime but obviously like just yesterday i, it, I was benching and i and i did i texted you like hey i feel really good i want to dial in my pulls because they were feeling good the day before i want to do a little bit more and you were like yeah but nothing over nothing over, over three plates just work technique and I was like, cool, that sounds good. Like, that was awesome. And so I, I did all my bench, did my accessories, and then I did my, you know, I did some, you know, just some technique work with deadlifts, and it felt really good. So there's the adoption. Yeah. Though.
1: And that comes back to communicating with your coach, something not enough people do here.
0: Yeah. And, I, and I, I like that. Like, I just, like, it's, I know, I've, I've definitely asked you a handful of times, like, when, hey, can I go a little heavier? Could I do an extra set? Can I add this in? You know, um, like, I mean, again, like that novel idea of like, be like, don't be a shitty person and just communicate, I mean, you know, <laughs> and people will surprise you sometimes.
1: There we go. Back, back to the two concepts.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's very simple, but you know what? And I think it, it is overlooked. And I think like, even like with you, Tanner and Eric, um, you guys have always been that way, like you know when um, when it just comes to business or just like all, all of the all of the stuff. Like you guys have always purposely like put you know like I know you guys don't make the money on the on the equipment that you could because you guys keep it really reasonable, you know because you want to because you want to because you care, and I think that you know that's kind of why you guys I think are you know why people like you. So.
1: Yeah. Um, we're constantly trying to improve the product too. Um, I think that's another thing that gets overlooked. You'll see a lot of companies, not only will they raise their price, but they'll actually lower the quality of the product
0: as well, just to cut costs or cut corners. Yeah. Or, or they don't improve it. Like it, it's kind of popular. So you just, you buy more units and get a, get a lower price point, but you, but you like they jack up the price. So their, their margins have increased, but like the product is still like, it hasn't improved.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Shit, It's
0: okay. That's my life. Yeah, pretty much. I'm sure I've had like five other questions I want to ask you. But, you know, I, I also <laughs> forgot. So it's cool. <laughs> um, uh, Oh, but well, one of them I do remember is speaking of what are, um, you had mentioned that you because I know I I had said in the intro that you probably went to like twenty two to twenty-five meets this past year for all of your clients. And I know that you're gonna be cutting that back and you're you know you're gonna be doing, you know, you had said, you know, for those of us who coach with you, like, hey, you know, athletes, I'm going next this coming year I'm only gonna be doing ten. And if you wanna like me to, to handle you, you know, you're gonna try to make one of these ten because you wanna start getting back to the platform now that you're lifting without pain have I, I'd like to just hear more about that from you because I obviously get to read that but I wanted to like hear that from you and your thought process and maybe what you're looking at because I was really excited for you I was happy for you and so I wanted to hear
1: about that so um, Mark has had me pain-free since probably I would say February but in that process, I was traveling so much. Um, my lifting would take a hit. I would normally get red eyes. Um, so I'm flying all night. I sleep on a plane. Don't really want to go to the gym when I land. You know, things like that. So um, I don't want to drop any clients at all. But I want people to take my time more serious. So, um, if any clients fall off, basically after this month, I'm not going to take them back until after I get off the platform. Um, so uh, I just want to really focus on that. Even my last meet, um, I hadn't been on the platform for a year. I was paying free for like a month and I signed up and my SI pain flared up as soon as I did. Um, ended up pulling like fifty five pounds less than I ever had. <laughs> Things thing, like man. that. Yeah. So, um, I'm really anxious to get back out there and put up something that I know I'm capable of. So, well, probably like April, I think is what I'm shooting for somewhere in April.
0: Well, fuck. Yes. No, I do. I was excited. Like, I was happy to see that because again, I think anyone who cares about you, who values you and your time, like again the more you improve the more anybody any of us who you know engage with you improves um and so i think any any lifter if you work with like a coach or you have a training partner and you don't value their improvement and their time and their lifting then that's selfish and you actually won't get very far um so i'm excited uh and i'm glad you're going to do that for you because um, it'll only benefit you and what you bring to the table so i think that'll be exciting
1: yeah. I mean, I mean, once the first one's out of the way, obviously I'm going to open it back up again. Um, but it really depends on the workload, it depends how many hang on, um, and it really depends how that first meet goes. I might just double down. Yeah. And and go from there.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, double down, and then like whoever is still like hung around for that, you know, for that long, great, and then double down, and just, you know hunker down on that uh you know who knows um but either way still it's gonna be great to see yeah you gotta pay the bills so if i need to obviously i'll take on
1: more clients but i should be able to withstand until april so yeah yeah I'm most gonna, definitely gonna keep it closed for now yeah um and then uh, as far as the 10 meets that i'm probably going to go to um I was actually going to start a spreadsheet on Google sheets for all of my clients with all of your names. And then I was going to put potential meets that I know I'll be at. And then, um, leave like four or five up to you guys to kind of decide as far as like the regions go, because, um, that way you guys can split the travel. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not too expensive to have me there. Things like that.
0: Yeah. Which would always be cool. And, you know, I wonder. I don't know if. Uh, then it's more of a team thing. You know? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be cool. To be a team thing. We all go. Like it would be cool to be able to live with like other team members and obviously like meet them. Um, you know, and uh, and hey, maybe in that spreadsheet because I know you have a way with numbers. Like maybe there's a way for those of us to you know maybe pitch in on like kind of on extra on the side to like help with travel for not just for you and then maybe even all of us kind of, I don't know if that makes sense. Like a, again, like a way to make it more of a team supporting each other thing, if we're yeah. all going to be going and doing, you know, sharing hotels or carpooling or whatever.
1: Definitely something we can look into. Yeah. Make it uh, more reasonable for everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the more you help each other, the easier it gets to, to deal with it. Cause I mean, I, per- I personally like, like I, it may be adverse in terms of performance, but I I do like going other places to do meets because um I, I think it's fun like it gives me a reason to I like to travel but you know I if I go for a meet like I can I, I can use that as like a text write off because I technically like it is part of like my work I do so I can like you know say it's work related and I can write it off and I like going somewhere and somewhere new and like experiencing that I can actually focus because it's not flooded with things that I'm familiar with. So I like travel. I like, it's fun. So,
1: yeah. And it depends on what type of person you are. I know sometimes uh, people have too many friends and family there, but their friends and family might not lift or they don't understand. Um, So they're just putting unnecessary pressure on the athlete themselves, things like that. So sometimes (laughs) traveling is better. Yeah. You get to
0: get away from that, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. You get to just be in the moment. You get to kind of enjoy, like, be present, you know, and, and then just focus on the lifting. And then afterwards, you're in a new place. Like, you can just kind of let loose and, and enjoy yourself. So, yeah, I think, yeah, like you say, it's a person thing. And then maybe some people, you know, traveling is stressful for them and it's adverse. So, just depends uh, on that. Um, but, yeah, that'd be cool. I would love to see that. And, uh, like I know, with my next meet, I'm gonna come back to Vegas and uh, hopefully have some redemption. So,
2: yes,
1: yes, definitely redemption, sir.
0: Yes. Oh, it, oh, I'm I'm pretty. <laughs> that is one thing that is like low key simmering like beneath me still. <laughs> <laughs> pass I, out this time? Yeah, yeah, I'll try not to pass out this time. <laughs> Uh, def- uh, definitely, I. Well, I. I when I. I inter. When I. The last episode I interviewed uh, Brandon Franklin, and he was like, he's like, did you pass out or did you just like fake it? And I was like, I passed out, man. Like I was, like I went black, and then I woke up in the in the in the ref's chest. Like I like, was with one arm down, and I went back, and I was like, I like looked at the. Video. I started questioning myself, like, yeah, I, I did. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, I definitely did. <laughs> Uh but yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, and what about what about Stronghouse? Is there anything new and fun, exciting coming up with the company? Like any that you can share? Um, we are
1: working on some new wraps. Not gonna talk too much about that, but there is a new wrap that we are getting prototypes on.
0: Sweet. Wrists and knee or just one or the other?
1: it'll be both cool um, we probably won't offer uh, a long wrist strap it'll probably only be short if we do and then uh we will have two and a half and three meter knee wraps though
0: nice i i and do then, i do It's a little sub question i is when is three mat, three meter knee wraps legal i only ever see RPS, two and a half rps yes okay
1: I think WRPF. I'm not sure. I'd have to double check. I haven't had any listers in that
0: one. Okay. Okay. I was just—I I always see those, but I—I I know you. I know USAPL and USPA. It's always two and a half. So I wasn't—I wasn't sure which ones. Okay. And then, as you were saying,
1: um, and then I think we finally locked up a new sleeve design.
0: Is it that one you've been you guys have been kind of working on in the past few months?
1: Yeah. Getting prototypes, trying to dial it all in. Nice. Um, It's kind of a combination blend of our original orange and black canvas-style knee
0: sleeves, the stiffer material, Mm -hmm. um, with the new material that we use. Kind of a a canvas-neoprene blend.
1: Yeah, it's still neoprene. It's just more of a firmer... Like, uh, it's not even necessarily canvas. It
0: just feels kind of canvasy. Okay. That makes sense. Um,
1: it definitely, when you fold it, it has more pop to it. Cool. Um, and then we did do some, uh, seam design changes. I won't really talk too much about that. I'll leave that.
0: Yeah, that's proprietary, but it's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But,
1: uh, that'll be exciting. Um, I know there's a few samples out there that our athletes are getting to use, um, unfortunately our manufacturer only sent
2: us smalls and below so none of the big guys got them yeah yeah
1: (laughs) it is what it
0: is it is what it is sorry guys it's you know it's china you know it's (laughs) their their sizing is weird what do you what do you what do you do what do you do um that's still exciting and then uh are you guys gonna Are you guys gonna host any other meets? Because the one I, last one I did, which was in May, the Sin City. Uh, are you gonna be in a Stronghouse meets in this rest of the year yet? Um.
1: Well, we can always host a May one. Now that we've hosted that one, um, that's how Steve explained it to me. That once you do a meet in that month, you can always host that month. Well, you have um, basically priority too, so we can turn it down. So, um, hopefully we'll do another Sin City Open next year. Nice. Uh, we don't really, Vegas, it's kind of a small community. All the meets are kind of spread out basically pretty evenly. Even the May one kind of crams it up a little bit. Yeah. So there's not really too much room to expand there. Um, at least for USPA, we could always do something bigger, offer some money, do it more of a money style meet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe just
1: um, yeah. The USPA schedule is basically completely jam packed in Vegas. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, makes sense, but that's okay. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll it'll figure its way. You know, it'll and whatnot. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Uh, no, that covers with the meats Um. Shit. I probably forgot whatever else I wanted to ask, too. Uh, I was thinking about it. Um, (laughs) Fuck. is a bitch. Um, Yeah. Are you getting a checklist? I still
1: have
0: it. I was looking for that. I was looking for that, too, and I couldn't fucking find it. I was like, I wrote that damn checklist and I thought it through, and then I couldn't find it because I texted it to you. And I was, like, going through. I was like, God damn it. It's too much. (laughs) I'm
1: going to find that. I'm determined
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe you will, because I I definitely did not have any luck. Um, I thought I had saved it to my notes, too. I thought I I made it in my notes and then sent it to you. Apparently not. But what else is there? Um, Oh, uh, in athletes on 4th Stronghouse, you remember you had said there are some new athletes on Stronghouse for the team. We added James, Matt. He's, uh, I think he did his last meet at 181. It could
1: have been 198. Nice. Um, cool. He's a sub, sub 200 guy. Um, All right. He did break, I believe it was the national deadlift record. Nice. Um, that day, he chipped it. It was 772.
0: Nice. Good for him. Nice. That's a, that'd be a good addition. How, how many How many on the team are there now?
1: Um, I think we have like 18, 18, something
0: like that. Nice, that's a good size.
1: Yeah, um, we don't, we try not to cut anybody, um, obviously if they do something that we don't morally agree with or things like that, we kind of just separate, we never really go public with anything like that, Yeah. so a lot of the team we've had... For two years now, two and a half, three years. So it's cool to see everyone growing, getting stronger, um, and kind of just sticking with us and having trust in us. So
0: yeah, well, you know, again, it goes by. To uh, it, probably I probably just end up naming the episode this, but just you know, don't be a shitty person. You be a good person. People, you know, you know, stick around and they respond to that. don't be a shitty person with scott miller that'll be that's 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 what the episode's gonna be called (laughs) and programming don't don't be a shitty person and uh programming 101 with scott miller Uh, yeah yeah right uh it was either that or 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 how to be petty 101 depending on how the conversation went (laughs) <laughs> what we talked yes. about, it would be one or the other. But I think this yeah. one will be the first one, not the latter. <laughs> Sean
1: Rising likes to call me Petty Wop instead of <laughs> my, my Petty <pettiness> Wop. Like
2: <laughs> um, it's, it's something I'm trying to work on, but it's it, something I struggle with.
0: But it's it's so funny, <laughs> like, and, and and maybe I mean I'm, for the people maybe receiving said pettiness is probably not funny. But for me on the outside, I. I think it's hilarious because it's always whenever you tell me something, I'm always like, "Well, yeah, I can, I can see that 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 was dumb on their part," and you're always like, "I don't get it. Why are they acting like a shitty person? <laughs> Just don't be a shitty person." And again, it comes right back to that. <laughs> That's always what it ends up being. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I to try better not to uh, get down to their shitty level, but you know, not that strong every day. Yeah, gotta get, gotta get my shots in.
0: Yeah, why well, you know and. and it's, you know, it's it's not about how many, how many, you know, shots you take. It's about how many you can take and just keep going and then maybe give some back. Why not? Uh, it's great. All right, man. It's been like 120 minutes, you know, an hour and 21 minutes. And, uh, you know, I've taken up the night. I know your ball's deep and stuff. But I really appreciate it. we finally got to, like, talk and chat. Um, I appreciate you. I'm glad to be you know, learning from you and be a part of the team. I'm a strong house whore. Everybody knows it and I'm fine with it. So uh, we well, yeah.
1: appreciate the support. I appreciate having you as one of my athletes and uh thanks for having me on the show, man.
0: Any fucking time. I hope we can do it again. Uh I know you the Stronghouse, you know, Stronghouse has a podcast. Sure. So you know you have that, but if you you know if Eric and anyone is ever being slow and tanner's being slow putting that together, and you want to rant about something, just call me and we'll and we'll do it. So my my podcast, my podcast is your podcast. So all right, (laughs) all right, right, thanks, man, and I'll be talking to you very soon. I appreciate you. All right, have a good night. All right, you too, buddy. (laughs) Bye bye. All right. Well. Shit, if that wasn't a fun time, I don't know what is. I hope you kids learned yourself some school from the man, Mr. Scotty Miller. He is humble. He is occasionally hilariously petty. But at the end of the day, he's a good person. So as we said, don't be a shitty person. Be kind to one another. And work hard. And have fun doing what you do. But at the same time, you know, if you love doing what you do, then you should take care of it and treat it as such. Just like your friends. If you love your friends, support them. If you love your hobby, even though it's a hobby, take it seriously and also have fun with it. It is really important. If you can do that, then perhaps the sport you love will continue to grow or the friendships that you value will increase in depth and prof- you know profoundness. So keep that up. It's really important. Be good to each other, as they say. Or as my friend Mr. Johnny Horror of The Johnny Horror Show says, be kind to one another and go fuck yourself. <laughs> but in all seriousness, be good people. I want to thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the Nerds Who Live podcast. Go listen to all the other podcasts I mentioned Two White Lights, listen to them. Ritual Podcasts, listen to them. Be on the platform, listen to them. The Stronghouse Project podcast, listen to them. Listen to all of them. They're great. Thank you, Scott, again for coming on the show. Thank you, Stronghouse Project, for always being supportive and being awesome. Uh, Thank you guys. Thank you to our sponsors Viking Performance Tronk, Caliber Illustrations, The Johnny Horror Show, RP Emo. Thank you guys. So, remember, guys, go and get their stuff while it's on pre order, rpemo.bigcartel.com. And yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side. So, thanks again. I'm your host, Nicholas, and you're tuning in to the Nerds Who Live podcast
2: i